Welcome to the Aurora Cornerstone Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope today's message is an encouragement to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, let's follow along with the scripture. Verse 4. Just before we begin, to just need to help you to understand. Much of when, when Paul writes his letters, most of the letters written, he is, he's addressing a problem. He's responding to something. So he's not just writing a letter thinking, okay, what do I want to write about today? It's not his journals going out. He's responding to a problem. And so when he writes this first letter of Corinthians and as well second letter, and they actually believe there's a third one that was lost, that he, as he writes this letter, he is responding to multiple problems. That's why when you read through Corinthians, for instance, you will see these themes that go so quickly through it because he's kind of like, check, dealt with that problem, check, dealt with that problem. Okay, that's what he's doing. Paul gives doctrine to the church of the early church, and it really arises out of their problems that you get most of this doctrine. So this is exactly what's taking place. Chapter uh, 12 is he's responding to, in the Corinthian church, there was kind of a free-for-all going on when it came to people's involvement, and he just needed to begin to set some things in place. He uses, we're going to use this text in 1 Corinthians 12 as the main text today, but we're going to be sliding between three other texts, and the other texts are found in Romans 12, in Ephesians 4, and then Peter has one in 1 Peter 4. And in all these texts, it's talking about giftings or abilities or ministry gifts. And so Paul, three of the four, he talks, but he, he uses this multiple times. So this is not just a one-time problem. This is an ongoing situation that Paul is addressing. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them... And in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Just going to highlight that before we slip on down to verse 14. I want to draw attention. Note the different gifts, same Spirit. One Spirit, different gifts. Different service, same Lord. Different workings, okay? Note there's difference. So you can't just say, well, they're all the same. Everybody's got the same thing. No. You don't. Talks of there's uniquenesses of the givings of gifts. Same spirit, same God, same one. So the distributor is the same, but the recipients and what they receive are different. And to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given. Here's the reason they're given. Not for you just to have frivolous joy. They're given so that you can help others. It says that given for the common good. We're going to come back to that. Given for the common good. Now, we're going to, a little bit later in the service, we're going to go to verse 8, 9, 10, but we're going to skip that for now. We're going to go down to verse 14. Go down to verse 14. Even so, the body is not made up of, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Verse 15. 1 Corinthians 12, 15. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the whole body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. 
Now, God doesn't make junk. He's got them exactly where he wants them. If they were all one part, where would the body be? Imagine what we would be like if we were just all eyes. As it is, there are many parts, one body. So he keeps saying this. He keeps coming at this. He keeps referencing this idea, multi-parts, given by one God. God understands. He has chosen it for a reason, and he has given it, but together it makes one. Singly, it's insufficient. So just as, you know, if, if we were all eyes, then we would starve to death. But if we were all mouths, how would we go and get the food? If we were all feet, how would we pull it off the trees? If we were all arms, how would we get to the trees? You get the idea. So each part has to function in order for the whole body to be benefited. And then he makes reference that we are a body. So, you know, take, go ahead and do this. Take a look at the people around you. Turn to the left, turn to the right. Take a look. Take a look at who's behind you. You've, I know you've already done that, okay? This is the body of Christ. It's not the complete body of Christ, but it is a body that can sufficiently minister to one another. As they say, three or more, the idea, how many do you need? Often two or more. There begins to be sufficiency, and then as you grow, and I've heard different people preach on this, you know, you have to have 10 in order to have a completeness in the body. And I, I, He doesn't say, and so I don't think we should get caught up in that, except that he knows. He knows what the body has. Therefore, when there is need, there's every reason to believe that in the context of the body, someone or a group of people are actually there to meet the need. And if the need continues unmet, something is amiss. Is that fair to say? Because remember, he really he knows what he's doing. He's got an aerial view of this, so he's not guessing at what the body needs. He actually has designed it so that the body together can do what needs to be done. So if there is lack and continued lack, then there is, I'm going to call it, there is sickness. And Paul was addressing this. There was sickness in the early church. Sick meaning there's part of the body not functioning well. And you know what it's like. If you have the flu, your whole body suffers for it. You know what? If you have a headache or a migraine, your whole body suffers for it. You get up in the night, go into the wash, and stub your toe in the corner of the bed, your whole body suffers for it. I had a hangnail this past week, and I couldn't believe that tiny wee spot. My whole body suffered for it. It doesn't take a whole lot for your body to suffer, does it? And likewise, you get the picture in the body of Christ. So today we're talking about discovering your spiritual gifts. We're on a journey together, doing life together. And those who are here in-house, we are just past the halfway mark. If you want to join, if you haven't, and you want to join in a study, you can pick it up at the Information Center. We have three more books out of a six-book series that we are on. And you can actually go week by week and go through these topics if you are joining us off-site, uh, we invite you, you can join in the questions. If you were to go on our website and, and activate the top part of the website, Doing Life Together, activate that, you will go into Discussion Guide. There's a Discussion Guide weekly that I put on that will walk you through anywhere from about five to about eight or nine questions. You can do it as a family, you can do it as an individual, you can do it as a group, and it's really been written for a group. In other words... 
If you have a few people to get together at your workplace or maybe on Zoom or whatever the way you might connect with people, that it's really meant for you to uh, connect with them and go, kind of go through the study. It has this scripture and you can go through the study and you can just ask some questions. Uh, some of the questions are even good for those who are not followers of Christ. It will just begin to hone in some good purpose questions about life. And we do that. And Pastor Trish uh, made mention of uh, throughout the week, our small groups are around this as well. On Wednesday morning, women, Wednesday evening, my group, you can join. Shape. God is shaping us. We went through an acronym last week, and it was spiritual gifts for S, S, spiritual gifts, H, heart, abilities, personality, experience. I wanted to jump right in last week, which was the first of going through these, and talk about heart and talk about abilities before I got to the spiritual gifts, just because I felt the order was better. We talked about the heart, and it's about the heart of a servant. If we don't know the heart, we kind of miss the whole thing. And abilities are given at birth. We are all born with abilities, and yes, somebody said, I didn't come up with it, I haven't counted, 500 to 700 abilities. So uh, you've got a lot more than you think you have that God has made you able. We were just talking, Lori and I was someone yesterday, and we were talking about that they are developing their abilities, and I've actually been pouring into saying, I believe you've got more than you've given your crowd. I could say that to anybody and know it's a given, so you don't have to have a word of the Lord when you say that. You've got more abilities than you're using, okay? You could say that and be dead on. And I was saying it to the person, you've got more abilities, and then I actually recognized one of their abilities, they're very capable with their hands, and challenged them to explore that because they have not given themselves credit for what they can do with their hands. And they are doing that, and they're seeing some of the things uh, transpire from that. We are given many abilities. Heart, abilities. Today I want to go to the S, and that is the spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 tells us that whoever does not have the Spirit cannot receive the gifts that come from God's Spirit. The first thing, I'm going to touch on a number of points. Then I want to go through a number of these gifts, just so that we know what we're talking of. The first thing here, second, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 14 Whoever does not have the Spirit cannot receive the gifts that come from the Spirit. If they're spiritual gifts, then they have to be spiritually given. Now, this is where it's different than the ministries or the areas of abilities because those are something you receive, you have, you're born with. I used an illustration. I have an ear for music. I didn't ask for it. I was born with it. And so that was the thing I got at birth. There are certain things that you received at birth. And God designed and began to weave that in you. But when we talk of spiritual gifts, they are spiritual. We're focusing on gifts given by God. And you would note that when we read that text just a few moments ago, you would see different kind of gifts but the same spirit. And it keeps talking about the spirit, the spirit, the spirit giving the gifts. And then when you go to verse 8, 9, and 10, we'll talk about that later. You see again, God has to give it or it's not there. So... It's given by the Spirit of God. It comes from Him. You can't earn spiritual gifts. So you can't work it. You can't negotiate, if you would. You can't earn spiritual gifts. You don't deserve them. It's not based on what you deserve. It's not based on your performance. That's why they're called gifts. Gifts, by essence of the name, is it's freely given to you. Next, you don't get to choose which gifts you want. Now, you can develop skills. Uh, I, I think it was 
call one who said, we can help you. If you are so-so on an instrument, we can help. If you need development on the voice, you can help. But there is some raw skills. I mean, there are people who should never get behind a microphone and sing. Right? So that is true. But there are certain things that you can grow. But that we're not talking that. Gifts, you don't get to choose the gift. God determines who gets the gifts. Also, each of us, each one of us receives different gifts. Now, that doesn't mean that you know, each one has all different gifts. We're going to have a bunch of the same gifts taking place here. But there is, we're going to have different strengths in areas of gifts than other ones because there will be greater amount of gifts given to each one and weaker in certain areas. So each one is given gifts, thus requiring us to be interdependent. I'm going to come back to this because this is one of the big reasons Paul is talking about this. We are interdependent on each other. Fundamentally, when we do not get together with the body of Christ, then we're spiritually sick. And I'm not pulling that out. We, I need what others have. And there's something I have that they need. And if I refuse to give it, there's a problem. And if they refuse to give it, there's a problem. And this is where Paul was addressing some of these things. Um, Okay, your spiritual gifts are not given for your own consumption, but for the benefit of others. The purpose of your gifts is not to go, woo, look at my gifts, and you put them on the mantle. No, 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 no. Purpose of the gifts, the gifts are meant 100%, 100% to be used. You imagine giving somebody a gift, how hurtful if they never opened it and used it. How hurtful would that be? I don't know if there would be a greater hurt to that person to, to have not even bothered to take advantage of the thing they will maybe sacrifice in order to give you. And likewise, as God has given us, they are meant to be used. And I mentioned this last week, and to me it was an aha a few weeks ago because this was deeply impacted me in my own prayer life was that I mentioned last week, fruit trees don't benefit from their own fruit. And so an apple tree does not benefit from its own apples. Banana trees do not benefit from its own bananas. Grapes do not benefit from their own grapes. They solely give their fruit for something else to enjoy. For something else to enjoy. And when you're given gifts, it's not for you to mantle them. It is for you to give them away. You flow through the gifts and you use them to touch others. So the reason God has given those gifts in his body is because it's required for someone else to get something. You have to have something to offer. And he gives you something as a gift so that you can give it to them. You have to give them away. You have to give them away. You have to serve. You have to use them for other people. So that's as a key. Your gifts are not for consumption. Your gifts are for others. When we use our spiritual gifts together, we all benefit. If others don't use their gifts, you get cheated. And, and you know of folk, right, who say they're followers of Christ, but they never associate with the body of Christ. When I say body of Christ, a group of people that gather together, they, they refuse to associate. They don't need that. And it's okay for you to feel a little ripped off because something they have you need, and they're not sharing it. And that is why we need the body. That is why do not forsake the assembling of yourself together. It's important that we share. Now, we've had some tough times this last year. As we got together, I was on three different Zooms this week. Uh, one with the person who's just from our district called and just, you know, hey, pastor, how can, 
how can I help you? How can I pray for you? And how can I pray for your congregation? And my prayer for the congregation is, is my concern is that when we've been separated, you know how long it takes to form a habit, right? There's been habits formed. And when we've been separated for a while, we can begin to believe that we don't need each other. But fundamental, we need each other. I need those people in my life. I've got people in my life who pray for me. Years ago, I developed people who would pray for me every single day. And, I, and, and those people made a commitment for as long as they lived to pray for me and my wife, my family, every day. They've, and, the, and they weren't, they have a gift of intercession. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But I call them my prayer shields and they shield me regularly because I've asked them to because the Lord laid in my heart years ago to raise up people not raise up people, to find people who will do that. And I need them. And if they choose to not use their gifts, I am vulnerable. But when they are operating, power in the presence of God surrounds me. I need them. I need people with their different gifts. And, and I'm going to go through the gifts in a, in a minute. Their gifts benefit. But you know, there's things, if, I've, if I choose to just lock myself up and not, not give out, I'm ripping someone else off. I'm ripping people off because there's things I've got and I need to share them. And those gifts were given not for my benefit. They're given, my gifts were not given for my benefit. My, and they do benefit me because there's nothing more fulfilling than know that you're in the heart of the will of God. But having said that, someone else needs that. Someone else needs to have that gift of encouragement. Someone else needs to have that gift of your hospitality. Because if you don't give the gift of hospitality, they go hungry and without a roof over their head. Someone needs the gift of healing. And if you don't step out with that gift of healing, someone remains sick who needs your ministry. Someone needs your gift of faith, and if you don't step out with your unique ability in faith and to stand in the gap on their behalf, they don't get healed. On it goes. On it goes. On it goes. If you don't give your gift, you're ripping someone off, and if they don't give my gift, I'm being ripped off. Fundamental to the things of the gifts. Uh, God intends that these gifts continue right until Jesus returns. So I've had those say, well, I turned 65. You know, I'm going to just, you know, me and the golf clubs here on in. But I would just want to say, uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 7, therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. In other words, use them until Jesus comes again. Right up into the old age. Use your gifts, use your gifts, use your gifts. Lori was mentioning about our daughter went into surgery. My mom has a gift of intercession. And so all day, that day, my 96-year-old mother was interceding for her granddaughter. And she was just imagining where, okay, now it's 9 o'clock, she's going into surgery. 9.30, she's in the middle. And my mom was walking through the clock and praying as she was imagining what was happening. 10 o'clock. She was telling me this later, and I was going, wow, that was a detailed prayer. That's the gift. Others don't have the gift. It won't be detailed like that. And then right into the recovery, right on past recovery. And that's why we're saying, please let us know how you're doing because she is like in travail for you. Make sure you let her know that she knows where you are and how she can pray. So let's go through the gifts. Are you ready? Here's the part we need to take down. There's going to be a number of gifts. Again, they're found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, 1 Peter 4, and uh, Ephesians 4. Okay, uh, Romans, Ephesians, Peter are largely the service gifts. 
The gifts I'm about to share are also, they're going to crisscross with service gifts. I'm, ta- I'm going to break it down into two levels of gifts. There's the service gifts, and then I'm going to call them, the next nine are going to be the nine ministry gifts. These are manifestation gifts. So we're going to f- start with service gifts. These tend to be a bit more permanent. Let's start. Number one, administration. 1 Corinthians 12, 28. It's the ability given by God to devise and execute plans to accomplish kingdom goals. To devise and execute plans. Administration. Now, hey, don't feel bad. How many here, you say, you know, honestly, Pastor, I don't think there's an administrative bone in my body. Come on, be honest. How many? Okay? We're all administrators here. Praise God, I look forward to getting to know you better. Um, Normally, in a crowd this size, there's going to be a few hands going up and saying, I'm a lousy. Maybe we need to ask your spouse or your son or your daughter, are they good at administration? Um, to being able to go f- get you from here to there. Uh, and there are those who can devise and execute plans. Again, it's for the purpose of gifts um, complement one another. So this is not simply that you're great at bookkeeping and you know, therefore you need to go into bookkeeping. You may. But these are meant for to benefit the kingdom of God as well. So you will use them for the kingdom's purpose as well. The word administration is a picture word. It comes from the word shipmaster. It's the pilot of a ship. You see, the pilot of a ship doesn't own the ship. You don't own the things you administrate. You steer them. So you're given responsibility and you help navigate them to the place they need to go. Administration. Secondly, gift of apostleship. We find this in Galatians 1, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4. It's the ability given by God to assume and exercise leadership over numerous churches. I'm going to qualify churches can be um, spiritual body groups. They can be small groups. They can be marketplace churches. Okay, They can be mission groups, mission tribes. Uh, okay, They're groups, so it doesn't have to be like a church with a steeple. That's the reference. And according to uh, Hebrews 3.1, of course, the chief apostle is Jesus. These people assume and exercise leadership, and there's a development ability to them. They start things. Many missions works. Uh, missionaries often will be linked with this type of thing. Starting a new work, uh, a program, a new uh, to feed the poor, and you, you hit an area in town, you start up a new ministry. Often, this gift will be an exercise. Thirdly is craftsmanship. Craftsmanship. And this is the ability to be able to, again, work with your hands. It can be artistic ability to be able to produce with your hands. You can make. This craftsmanship as consistent with most of the gifts, but it has to find a combination gift to qualify for a spiritual gift. There has to be a combination gift. For instance, craftsmanship along with the gift of hospitality. Craftsmanship along with the gift of helps. There's a secondary gift that has to come in. So just because you can make really amazing little lighthouses doesn't mean you're using it for the kingdom. There has to be, that gift has to be linked with another gift in order to see the body benefited. Encouragement, exhortation, Romans 12. It's the ability given by God to minister words of comfort, encouragement, and counsel to other believers, typically believers. Comfort, encouragement, counsel, and exhortation actually means to call alongside of. You come alongside and you hold up. You're an encourager. Five, evangelism. Ephesians 4, the ability given by God to share the good news 
resulting in salvation. Now, you're going to notice that the gifts, and almost all the gifts, we should earnestly desire, and many of them can be used, even though you might not be strong all the time in the gifts. But you can still use it. For instance, evangelism, we're all called to share our faith with others. That's, so, you know, you don't say, well, I'm not, I don't have the gift of evangelism, so I'm not going to share my faith. No, 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 no. Share your faith. You have a testimony. You have, a, you have something to share. And be open because God will use that. But there are those who have this gift, and they will be inclined to see greater results because they will put themselves in front of situations to talk of the good news. And they see results. So if a person's going on and on and on and they don't see results, chances are they don't have the gift. Six, giving. Ephesians 4. And again, this is another one. We're all called to give. To return our tithes to the Lord, to give faithfully to God of our alms, of our, of our offerings. But there are those who have a gift of giving. They go beyond. And giving is the ability by God to contribute material resources with liberalness and cheerfulness. Luke 6, 38 refers to the kind of giving that is expected of all Christians. All are expected. But Romans 12, verse 8 refers to a special gift of giving. 2 Corinthians 8, 2 to 5 makes it clear that this gift is not limited to those who have a lot of money. You say, well, you know, I don't have much money, so I don't have to worry about that gift. No, it makes no difference how much money you have. Zero difference. It's the generosity that flows to impact people's lives. Number seven is helps ministry serving. I've grouped these together because they flow together. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28, the ability given by God to invest in your abilities that meet the needs of others. I've done entire workshops on this that have gone on for days, and I have reduced what normally is paragraphs to describe them to like one sentence here today. But I believe that's all we need to start with today. So again, given by God to invest in your abilities that meet the needs of others. Again, these gifts, you will have other gifts that will flow through helping others. You'll have other gifts that will flow through your ministry to others. You have other gifts that flow through so you can serve others. Hospitality, 1 Peter 4, 9 and 10. The ability given by God to provide an open house and warm welcome for those in need of food and lodge hospitality and a person with the gift of hospitality make you feel at home there are those who you go into their home and you can just you know you're, you leave shaking you know they may not have the gift of hospitality even though you got inside their home but gift of hospitality they make you feel like you're one of them you know those people make and you're one some of you who have just that gift you can just make a person feel so at home as one of your own gift of hospitality it's a gift Intercession, Romans 8, 26, 27, the ability given by God to frequently pray for extended periods of time in which results in miracles. Leadership, Romans 12, 8, given the ability given by God to bring voluntary and harmonious working together of the body of Christ for kingdom goals. They can rally the troops and lead them into battle. Showing mercy, the ability given by God to feel genuine empathy, note this, genuine empathy and compassion towards the distressed. Not feeling pity, but you feel with them. And compassion, which translates into cheerfully done deeds, which helps alleviate the suffering. 
pastor. According to 1 Peter 5, the first five verses, the basic function of the pastor is to act as the provider, caregiver, guide, protector. You do not have to have a church to have the gift of pastor. Pastor's word is used four to five different words that are used as pastor throughout scripture. Shepherd, overseer, bishop, pastor, elder. They are flipped back and forth throughout scripture, the New Testament particularly. And it's a nurturer. I mentioned last week that one of the mistakes I made early in ministry is I would assign small group ministries to facilitators. But facilitators' major, major gifting might be leadership, but they don't know how to pastor. They really don't have a nurturing care for the hearts and the lives of the people. They can get a job done, but it stops short of that. I suggest within any given, given, given congregation, there is around 10% of that congregation who have a pastoral gifting. And yet they won't be up doing a path. They won't be called Pastor Wayne, Pastor Brett, Pastor They won't be called, but they will have a nurturing, nurturing ability to care for people ongoingly in a pastoral type role. And they are tremendous. Teaching, number 13. The ability given by God to communicate information relevant to the health and ministry of Christ's body that they learn and grow. Okay, uh, some people think they can teach, but they're not that good because nobody's learning anything. <laughs> okay, and others, they just, as soon as they're talking, it's like everybody goes quiet and you listen because they so grab what's being said. They have a, they have, there's something, they have an ability, they have a gift. And it's so that the body of Christ will learn and grow. Those are largely, again, service gifts. Now, let me go into what I'm going to call spiritual manifestation gifts. And uh, we, as uh, our church here, Cornerstones, affiliated with the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, we, as a spirit-filled denomination, fellowship group, we enjoy courting the presence of God through the person of His Holy Spirit. We really believe the Holy Spirit is active and at work today in the lives of His children. And we welcome and we court and we encourage the working of a Holy Spirit. So these nine giftings are actually now back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to pick up the verses we jumped over. Verse 8, 9, and 10. Here they are. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another the message of knowledge means by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. Nine of them. When I grew up, these were the only nine that were talked about. Then I came to discover that we had to figure out where to put the others because there's many more gifts, service gifts, more lifetime gifts. But these gifts particularly are ministry gifts. I call them manifestation gifts because they're, they're a supernatural enablement for a short period of time. So the gifts in Romans 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4, those gifts mentioned there, um, they're more permanent in manner. These gifts here are given because of the moment. The moment demands the gift to be exercised. Okay, there's a bit of a difference. The other ones, you can, you're kind of flowing in those gifts. Leadership, administration, okay, you're flowing. But these ones, and so you'll understand as we go through. Discerning of spirits, 1 Corinthians 12, 10. The ability given by God to know with assurance whether certain behavior purported to be of God is in reality divine, human, or satanic. 
There's three spirits at work. We recognize that. There's a demonic spirit. There's godly. But there's also a human spirit that takes, you know, and, and the human spirit that is being pulled one for the other. A person with this gift doesn't go around just, you know, bad, bad, good, bad, bad, good, bad, good. No, 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 no. That's, they're in a situation and there's a discernment as to what is coming from that particular person. And they're picking up. This is not of God. I've had it take place in meetings where people have come forward and they've been wanting to pray for somebody else and somebody with a gift of discernment just, that person's not of the Lord. This person is planting something evil. And, and, and you couldn't have picked it up just by watching. It was a gift given for that moment to pick up something taking place. The second one is a word of wisdom. The ability given by God applying revelation of God's word to a specific situation or problem for a given moment. Note that it says word of wisdom. And this is where some of the other um, profiles have just called it wisdom, but it's not. It says word of wisdom. It's not just you're a wise person. You can take knowledge and you know how to apply it. That's a wise person. That's not the gift, though. Therefore, a wise person, there are people who are wise and there are people who are foolish. That's not the gift. It says word of wisdom. In other words, for a specific moment, a word of wisdom is given to what to do. And it's given for that. It doesn't mean you walk around from moment to moment making decisions on what to do. It means for that moment you're given a word. This is the word of wisdom. The illustration is the story of Paul in the book of Acts. They were on a ship. He was a prisoner. They were taking him to another place to be tried. And on that ship, they came across a, a great storm. They were being tossed to and fro. It made sense to the sailors to abandon ship because they thought the ship was going to go down. They were going to abandon ship. They thought their lives would be saved. And Paul had a word of wisdom. He had a word of wisdom. He says, no, I just received a word from the Lord. Any who leave the ship <laughs> will die. You must stay on the ship. Whoever stays on the ship, all of you will live. And they listened to the word of wisdom and they stayed in the ship and every one of them lived. That's a word of wisdom. Faith. The ability given by God in proportion to the circumstance to discern with extraordinary confidence the will and purpose of God in a specific situation. In a specific, that there, a situation comes up and you just have faith to believe. Here, we're going to see something happen in this situation. Doesn't mean every situation has equal faith. There were places where Jesus went to the pool of Siloam and he would, one person. The gift was exercised for a single individual, not for, every, not for the other 20 or 30 people at the pool. And so that gift would be, and other places, it says all were healed. The gift of faith was being manifest to all the different ones in that particular situation. Okay, the gift of faith. The gift of healing, found in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, 28, and 30. Given by God to serve as intermediaries to cure illness and restore health apart from the use of natural means. Apart from the use of natural means. It can be the laying on of hands. It can be just by prayer. But it's, again, given to serve as intermediaries to cure an illness and restore health for that situation. Number five, speaking in different kinds of tongues. The word tongues is glossia in Greek supernatural speaking of another language you haven't learned. And again, sometimes if you go into gift profiles, they believe it's people who know how to speak many languages. But it's not. It's a given language that you don't understand yourself. Now, there's the gift of tongues. It's not to be confused of. The gift of tongues is for everybody. In the early church, in the book of Acts, they said all can receive tongues. And we believe that. All can receive tongues as children of God. So earnestly desire 
tongues. Tongues is something not just given people say, oh, no, I don't have the gift. I don't, I'm not that 10 to 15% that have that gift. Therefore, I don't speak in tongues. Well, the gift of tongues here is for the church. Tongues is for every believer. And so that's for personal edification. So when I worship the Lord in tongues, when I receive the, we call it the baptism or the infilling of the Holy Spirit in tongues, I speak in tongues every day of my life at times for personal edification. My spirit is being built up. But in the body of Christ, in the context here, and this is what was happening in Corinth, the church of Corinth, people were just going off and talking, and people just created bedlam and confusion, and Paul says, listen, if you speak out loud in the body, you're creating confusion. You speak for the purpose of the body being edified. And so when he says the gift of tongues, he is making reference that you would receive, you get an urge of the Spirit to speak in tongues Solely for the purpose that that body that you're speaking to is about to be edified. Now, they're not being edified in the tongues because nobody understands it. Not even the person saying it doesn't even understand it. Because it has to follow up the gift of interpretation. It doesn't say the gift of translation. It's not word for word. Gift of interpretation. Somebody will have the impression of what was just said. And then they will give interpretation. Often it lines up also with the gift of prophecy. In that it speaks revelation, knowledge, teaching, for the assembly. When it happens, there's a building up of that assembly. There's something spoken by the Spirit of God through the supernatural means that touches the heart. It's almost like you say, he read my mail. She read my mail. And it was like, I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that. Thus the interpretation of tongues, chapter 12, verse 10. And then... The word of knowledge, chapter 12, verse 8, the ability to, uh, by God to inspire knowledge about people, circumstances, or biblical truth is often, again, closely associated with prophecy. Word of knowledge and prophecy often intermingle. Having a word of knowledge. You have a word about a situation. You have a word about a situation. Again, you're not going around giving everybody words. It's when the situation arises that God has given a word for that particular situation. A couple things that's important to clear up here regarding word of knowledge. Our God does not operate outside his holy word. So the word will not contradict God's word. And so it does not operate outside God's word and it does not run counter to God's words. It runs in parallel to what God is saying. Only one God, he is unchangeable. Miraculous gifts or miraculous powers. Number eight, second last one, we're just about finished. The ability given by God to perform powerful acts that alter the ordinary course of nature. Alter the ordinary, miraculous powers. An illustration of this is in Acts chapter nine. I was reading this early this morning. Tabitha, uh, who had died, and Paul uh, had this gift come upon him. And he prayed over her. Gift of healing was an exercise, but it was a gift of miracles in the resurrecting of Tabitha. Uh, and the result of this miracle was, again, the miracle is not just, the gift is not just for the gift's sake. The gift, remember the reason for the gift is people are edified and people come to Christ. Because she was raised to life, it says many came to salvation. So because of that one miracle, many came to Christ. It just wasn't that, you know, we need her alive longer. It was out of that, multitudes came to Christ. The purpose for the gift. And last but not least is prophecy. And 
1 Corinthians 12, 28, Ephesians 4, 11, Romans 12, 6. Ability given by God to receive and communicate an immediate message of God to his people through a divinely anointed utterance. It will often be through exhortation, encouragement, strengthening, edification, um, to consolidate, to, to con- come alongside and bring comfort to. Sometimes it's direct, sometimes it's indirect. The end of chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. Don't despise the spiritual gifts, but eagerly seek how God would have them flow through you. One of the things I was told when I was in my first church and I was pastoring was the uh, uh, first person I really trained under was Peter Wagner, the late Peter Wagner, Dr. Wagner, Presbyterian pastor author, uh, teacher, professor at Fuller Theological Seminary in California. And he had gone through a very systematic uh, teaching on the spiritual gifts. And there are three fundamental things that it's important to discover your spiritual gifts. I'm going to suggest that there is not much greater fulfillment than knowing that my life helps someone else. Is that true for you too? It's not terribly gratifying if I'm just living for me, (laughs) because that gets old really quick. But when I know I've been able to bless someone, to help someone, to encourage someone, to come alongside, to somehow make a difference, wow, makes life worth living. You know that. That's why we have to discover them. If there is a withholding of our gifts, someone is being cheated. I don't want people to be cheated because I've withheld, because somebody hurt me, or because somebody didn't appreciate what I did, or whatever it might be. And I encourage you that discover your gifts. So, and there's ways to do that. But then develop them. Develop, grow in your giftings. I remember the first time I gave a prophetic word, oh my goodness. <laughs> and then I realized I can grow in the prophetic. I can grow in my teaching. I can grow in my areas of giftings. Grow in it. Be around some other people who have those giftings and grow with one another. Grow in your, develop your spiritual gifts. Discover, develop, and use them. And that's not make sure we're not the tree that consumes its own fruit. But my gifts are to give away. And so I look for means by which, and therefore I have to associate with people. I have to get involved. And one of the best ways is to get involved in, in groups, to get involved in, in Sunday school or uh, youth, or to get involved in the seniors, to get involved in, in whatever capacity, to get involved. Because there you get to use what God has given. And you know, sometimes it's, you, you try it, and if the fulfillment, others will recognize if the gift is there. And give it time to grow and develop. And if over a period of time, there's things I thought I had and I didn't have. And there are things I didn't think I had and I began to develop. And usually, others begin to confirm that in you. I'm going to mention one more thing and refuse gift projection. My gift is not the same as Lori's gifts. Hers is not the same as yours. Don't try to be like someone else and don't try to make them like you. Because the uniqueness is their uniqueness. And so I am not to project my gifts on someone. I'm to simply bestow my gifts on others. And as they bestow, I am benefited. I am so thankful for the body of Christ. 
you, you, you know, when anybody talks negative about the church, I usually, my glasses will steam up if I've got my mouth. Because Jesus, first of all, really loves his church. Now, he granted some people, yeah, okay. But he loves us all equally. And I need, I need, I need, I need them. Because I am really pathetic without others. But because I have people around who are using their gifts, oh, I am blessed. And so are you. So, you remember three words? Homework. First one is discover. Develop. Develop. Grow in the giftings. And use them. Start using them right away. It's not like you have to go four years and get your bachelor's. You can start using them in the very first day of class. Start using your gifts for the purpose of the kingdom of God. So I want to pray with you. I'm going to close this way. I want to pray those three things for you before we go. And I'm going to invite you just to open your heart. You had the, if you made lists, the first one, if you don't know what your giftings are, maybe just look through that list as I'm praying for you. And I'm going to ask God to begin to nudge your heart as to what they are. Okay? So let's just pray. You can remain seated. But if you have the gifts in front of you, just I want you to review those. Father in heaven, I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you for this day. I thank you for the assembling together. And Lord, I pray for each gift. For those who are here, for those who are joining online, I pray that now as we look at our gifts, and go ahead and do that if you have them in front of you. Lord, as we look at our gifts, show us, Lord. Show us, Lord, the gifts you have given us. As we look down through that list, God, nudge our hearts with the things. Maybe not necessarily the ones we want, but maybe they are. Maybe we already know some, but there's more you want us to grow in. So, Lord, right now, we just receive it. And I invite you here, if you're hearing this prayer, just begin to receive this. I receive those gifts. Would you pray this prayer with me? Everybody together, one voice. Father in heaven, I receive your gifts for me. Spirit of God, show me the gifts that I'm to develop, that I would be obedient in growing in these gifts so that you would be glorified Help me, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I pray now also for the gifts to be developed. I pray that, God, you would give us avenue. We're in pandemic, Lord. None of this has caught you by surprise. We're in pandemic. We're separated. But, Lord, I'm suspicious that there are still avenues and ways by which we can minister to each other during pandemic. And so, Lord... We want to develop those gifts. Lord, may we get a hold of material. May we get a hold of teaching. May we get a hold of other believers who have those gifts. Grow in us those gifts. We want to develop them, Lord. We don't want to flob with these gifts. We want to thrive in Jesus' name. Would you everybody pray this prayer with me? Father in heaven, I open my heart that the gifts would grow to their fullness and I would use them for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, Father, now I pray also that, God, you would show us where these gifts can be exercised. That, Lord, yes, maybe in our family, but maybe in our workplace, maybe in our school, maybe in our, our, our groups. Maybe we need to be part of a group. Maybe in our context of our church. Maybe in the marketplace. But, God, show us where these gifts will now be exercised. That, God, we just start doing it. We just, we just believe and trust you. That, God, you've given it to be given away. And that, Lord, we will be a blessing to others. Grant that, we pray, as we go from here this day. 
in Jesus' name. And if that's your prayer, we just say amen. Amen. Let it be. Thanks for listening to the Aurora Cornerstone podcast. Remember to subscribe. For more information about our church and our ministries, visit auroracornerstone.ca.